0: urban and Māori. They had left everything that they knew, so they were stuck in these cities. Today, 85% of us live in urban places. Something about Wellington draws me in. I am a city girl. They had to go to the city because they were shifted there. In this concrete jungle, in the urban sprawl, what is it that keeps us grounded? My tupuna have been thriving here for many generations.
1: I'm Māori wherever I go.
0: My name is Kahukutia and this is Hekaka Ho weaving together strands of connection for Māori and the city. The centre of my universe is Te Urewera. That's the homeland for Ngai Tūhoe. After spending 17 years living the small town life, I was pretty keen to leave. So after high school, I came to Wellington. It was pretty isolating at first, in Waimana, if a nanny finds out your name, she'll tell you your whakapapa 10 generations back, all these people that you come from. But in the city, you're just an individual. I'm on this journey to talk to other Māori and urban environments to see what it's like for them. This time round, we've left Wellington and we're heading to Te Namu. The morning was feeling a bit makariri when we first arrived in Ōtautahi Christchurch. The city was blanketed in a thick layer of mist, which for me is a tohu of my tipuna, Hinepu kohudangi. It's actually pretty shocking being here eight years after Christchurch earthquakes, and still seeing huge piles of rubble and empty buildings everywhere. But the city centre is business as usual. You might have seen TVNZ's That's a Bit Racist documentary series they've commissioned Harvard University to research racism in New Zealand. The results, non-surprisingly, weren't that great for the whole country, but the South came out particularly bad, with 89% of South Islanders saying that they favoured Pākehā over Māori, compared to 63% in the North Island. We've already heard about that first wave of Māori migration to the city, but in this episode, I want to look at what migration to the city looks like today. We're gonna go talk to Kiwa. I know Kiwa because we've both been through some wananga together and he's been living in Ōtautahi for a couple months. He's told us to meet him at his workplace, Te Otaho. Hi there.
2: <laughs> you guys all sorted, know where you're going?
0: We're looking for Kiwa. I was just
2: about to message he, from. He's just around there, I think he's just sitting outside on the picnic
0: beach. Awesome, thank you so much. <laughs> Kiwa oh, yeah. oh, Kiwa's definitely one of those guys that you would describe as a giant teddy bear. He's much taller than me and seems to always have a smile on his face.
1: My name is Kiwa Tuorongaro Kahukurudentin. So I have two middle names and two last names. Uh, I get some pretty confusing name tags sometimes. I whakapapa to Ngati Rarua, Te Ati and Ngati Kahungunu. Most of my whanau comes from a uh, little town just outside of Wairoa called Whakaki. And so that's my dad's dad's side, and my dad's mum comes from the Motueka area, which is where I call home. And we are in Te Orahou.
0: Te Orahau is part of a national organisation. They came about to address issues for Māori in urban and rural settings, things like homelessness, gangs and drugs. This is where Kiwa studies and gets work experience towards his youth worker qualifications. If he's not here, he's out in the community.
1: For me, coming to the city is ah, like, oh, yeah, time to do mahi, time to crack into it, because you know that's that's the reason why I came here. I came here to learn and grow and develop my ability as a youth worker, so that I can go home and take what I've learnt and contribute to my community, to my iwi, to my fa'ano. A lot of those smaller towns can lack the opportunity in terms of pathways, in terms of jobs, in terms of co kaupapa. And so definitely being here has made me think about that, think about, oh yeah, if I decided not to go back to my community, there's all of these options. But I think at this stage for me, finding where I can contribute the most is what's been pushing me, like where can I go to make the most change or help the most people or some so on and so forth.
0: Kiwa is not only a young person himself, but he's also trying to be an example and a support person to other young people, including young Māori. According to the Prime Minister's 2017 Youth Mental Health Report, young people in Christchurch East are suffering most in the country. 43% experience low self-esteem, 28% self-harm, 36% experience depression or high anxiety, and that same percentage have no sense of belonging.
1: I think yeah, it's definitely painful for me seeing a lot of young Maori. Disproportionate amount of young Maori in the system. They're really trying to embrace, you know, this holistic Maori approach. Because surprisingly enough, Māori models work for pretty much everyone <laughs> because they're designed around that idea of connection. You know, it's one thing to just focus in on a young person, but you can't ignore the world in which they live in. Um, the environments they're susceptible to, the influences that surround them. A person is never just a person by themselves. They come from somewhere. They have whānau. They have dreams, aspirations. But I miss home, eh? Really, really, really miss home.
0: This isn't actually Kiwa's first time in Christchurch. He first moved here straight after high school to do a degree at the University of Canterbury. He quickly realized though that it wasn't for him
1: I'm extremely extroverted I'm definitely a social butterfly like I just love meeting new people and you know making new friends and so at first it was like yes, there's like hundreds of strangers which are potential new friends. I'm like yes, and so I was loving it. I had heaps of connections, heaps of friends, but Most of them were just very surface. None of them were deep. None of them were deep connections, and that's where a lot of that struggle came from.
0: After a year in Motueka, Kiwa came to another conclusion.
1: You know, for me to live a good life, it needs to have two things, and that's happiness and fulfilment.
0: Lots of things gave him happiness. Hanging with friends, eating kai, playing video games. But when it came to fulfilment it really came down to one thing.
1: Working alongside young people. As a young person, you don't have too much control over your environment. you sort of just, you know, put where you're put. So I really want to help young people find, find their tinoranga rangatiratanga, find their self-determination to forge their own path and give them the tools and support and aroha so that they can do that well.
0: Honestly, Kiwa seems really busy. He's clearly passionate about helping young people but he's also trying to remain connected to home. That might mean calling or visiting, trying to get to an iwi meeting. Kiwa's also been working on his deal with hopes of being able to do a flash fight
1: kōrero one day. I recently got a cool app to do my daily little te reo lessons. I'm like, yes. What's the app? It is called Drops. Oh, yep, I've heard of
0: that one. Iwi.
1: And then the matchy one, so.
0: Boy, Tamako, Whānau. Do you think it's good?
1: I think there's no substitute for learning te reo the hearty, full immersion way. But for those that can't commit to that, this is a good start. Any steps in the right direction is still going in the right direction. I really don't like the elitism that can be there. It's like, oh, if you're not learning te reo like this, you're not learning te reo. Because, you know, we should be encouraging whatever way people can. And so, you know, for me, that's the way I'm doing it at the moment. And just slowly trying to find more ways to involve te reo and te o in my life. So, you know, karakia before every meal. And like every meal, and not just the ones where it's like, you know, anyone for karakia? Um, Even with Maccas? You yeah. To get a feed of Maccas, do you do a karakia? Yeah. Just, just really? quiet Yeah, just a just a quiet one to myself before I have a kai. Wow,
0: that's way better than I've been doing. <laughs> <laughs> Our tikanga in practice is such an important part of te ao Māori, but I think it's so easy when you're in the city to just leave them to the side and say, you know, we don't do that here, this isn't the marae. Kiwa is clearly trying really hard to ensure that he creates a daily routine woven with tikanga, woven with te reo. I think it works really well for him and allows him to be well in the city space, but I wonder what he thinks his young people need in order to thrive.
1: Well, a system where... Māori is normal. Māori is standard. Māori isn't, you know, it isn't that one hour for kapahaka. It isn't the te reo class. It isn't the whānau class. It isn't when someone flash comes to the school and you have a porphyry for them. It's just normal. And it's OK that it's normal. And they don't have to feel whakamā about being Māori or seeing things a Māori way or saying karakia when they need to say karakia.
0: Do you think that those spaces exist in the city, in terms of spaces where you can just be Māori and have connection and community?
1: I haven't found that space for me yet. I know there are spaces out there, but in saying that I'm quite comfortable in my Māori tanga and so a Māori wherever I go.
0: Reflecting on what Kiwa said, I think we were both wondering where in Christchurch those spaces existed where being Māori is normal. I know when I first moved to Wellington, I really needed to know where I could stand on ground, where I could share kai and and understand that my worldview was just accepted there. We found out that Nāmanu kōrero was happening in the Waitaha region. Namenu Kōrero is a speech competition for young Māori with both Te Reo and English sections. We decided to plan a trip to Lincoln University where it was being
2: held. Okay, ready? Five bread, Get a five bread, two dollars or stay for five dollars. Five bread, did you five. see Māoris? Five bread, half a Māori yeah. little boy's dream country. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So we've arrived at Lincoln University in Christchurch. I've never been here before. Neither. From what I know, this is where the farmers of the country yeah um, that's
1: that is Lincoln's reputation.
0: I love monu kōrero. It was one of my favourite things that I did in high school. One of the most amazing forums to be young and Māori because it's basically just a day of a whole bunch of rangatahi Māori. Discussing anything relevant It could be talking about tikanga Or um, the law of the day Or how our whakapapa influences our life And a real, real amazing chance To see the perspectives of young people So I'm so excited to be here today What are you expecting Kiwa?
1: Um, as someone who really appreciates spoken word In any form And that's something I'm really looking forward to Seeing passionate young Māori Deliver a message Cool where are we off
0: to? No, no idea.
1: No, no. Maybe it was that way. I feel like it is that way. Tōna Papa. I tried to keep quiet, but my hands wouldn't let me.
0: Kiwa and I spent the day listening to senior English and senior Māori speeches. For both of us, there were two standouts.
2: Matthew Jackson! Woo! I had just been asked a question in front of my class, my peers. A question that I believed any moldy would have been able to answer in a heartbeat. But I couldn't. Matthew, what is your tribe? I couldn't answer something so simple and it put a hole in my heart. A hole that has not fully healed yet. Because that was the day, the day I couldn't even say where I came from. With that moment, a wave of shame enveloped me. And I have never felt that amount of shame since. My didn't touch the Matthew's speech
0: is about the journey that he went on to connect to his culture. As he says, he went from being filled with shame to feeling something a little more powerful. And that started when he decided to join the school kapahaka team.
2: After a while of being part of the Lincoln High School Kapahaka group, my heart started to fill with pride of my culture. Every moment spent practicing and performing reinforced their pride and my heart started to beat. Harder and faster than ever before. I truly wanted to learn more Wata and haka, so I could perform them with all the heart and pride I had. My stubbornness started to fade, and the barrier that had once enclosed my heart was no longer able to contain it. And when it eventually burst into a million pieces, a flood of Māori mana was finally let loose. I stood among the wreckage of that barrier, and I found something within myself. A voice. A voice so faint it took all of my being to hear it. A voice that I realised carried the mana of its ancestors. But it was too afraid to speak after he is neglect. It was my voice. My true voice. Ko Matthew Tuka ingoa. Ko nga pui te iwi. Ko kataa huteha. Ko nga tukumata wharua te waka. Ko okurihi. Te marae. Kui kakau. Kia ora. Kia ora. Kia ora.
0: At lunch break, Kiwa and I go find Matthew.
2: My speech is not about politics or anything, it's just simply about my life. When I was younger, I hated my culture. I didn't care for my culture anymore. And then all I know is uh, in year 10, my older brother just comes up to me and he's like, You're joining the Kapahaka. i like, like, Okay, next you know, part of the
1: Kapahaka. When you speak from the heart the way you did, bro, yeah, it really, really is something different especially when it talks about a, a struggle that a lot of young maori go through.
2: yeah I feel proud I guess you know some people will never discover who they are and today I have. <laughs>
0: The number of te reo entries is increasing every year and this was the first year for Waitaha where there were as many English speakers as there were te reo speakers within the competition. One of my favourite speeches came from a young wahine by the name of Paddy Simpson who grew up and lives right here in Ototahi. spoke with strong conviction about mental health, bullying, harassment, depression, racism and violence, things that have affected our world, particularly the world of rangatahi.
3: Tēnāi au, he manu, nā te wauriki. Ko tōku he au Māori tūturu. Ko tōku kote ko te ngā kura kaupapa Māori. Ko i tōku au, aroha te pautoko manawa. Ko te aroha nga. Ko i tōku he haia te manu. E tanata ko poke anai te fenua nai te mocinaite au nai ete mate ko te ahua te mate nai e tanifa wiri wiri yake nai kaiti tara tara toku kire te, te romo kitona hawe ko ngahua to ngake o te tanifa wiriwi wiri ni nai ko foka toi ha ha ko foka ko foka ko foka ko kai kiri ko kaniafa ko cykino ko kouare Ko mauwahara, ko mataku, e te mokopuna o ngā e te hua i rangi ātea, ko toa whare, he whare haumaru, ko rangi nui hai tuanui, ko papa tuanuku hai whāriki, ko te pau toko ko te aroha, ko te atuau, tō kaitiaki, ko te whare haumaru e te iwi, tūturu,
0: Pari's speech filled me with so much emotion. Pretty humbling to hear a 14 year old Wahine speak with such
4: conviction.
0: Afterwards, Pari shared with me that she feels it's a deep treasure to be Māori, that in addressing issues of mental health and suicide, we should be reviving the teachings of our ancestors as a rongoa to heal.
4: Inga tikanga otato tupuna, Nakoderonga uara, Tehomatua, Hairongua, Motena ingarada, Ingawana yatato, Heoano, Te Teraru, Ote Fakamomuri, Hemate Hiningaro, Tinonui, Kitenae Finua, Kia Fakakaha, Kia Faka, Kipa Kipa, Yo Yotata Nei Tauhi Mori.
0: I asked Paddy what it was like for her to be Mori in Ototahi, a place where I'd come in and not seen anything of Tea Mori. For her, though, it wasn't hard. As she said, within all of us are the learnings of our ancestors, always hidden.
4: So it's just cool seeing so many young Māori around.
3: Soul-filling,
1: eh? Makes me very hopeful very hopeful for the future because if we have young people that can speak like this now, imagine how well they'll be speaking when they're leading the country that's uh, it's the dream anyway
0: Does this change your understanding of tahi in any way?
1: Uh, it makes me see that it's more than what I see, it's there it's nice to be able to see it, hopefully I get to see it more in the future
0: to spend a day at Manu Kōrero was exactly what Kiwa and I needed. You know, while Ti Ao Māori wasn't visible on the streets when I first got here, we found, as suspected, that it is there if you go out and find it.
1: Uh, kia ora, can I please get a uh, fillet of fish, yep. six pack of chicken nuggets, <laughs>
4: six pack of chicken
1: nuggets, yeah. And two large fries. Get
4: two large fries?
1: Yeah. Be yours? Yeah. <coughs> Kelna you. you. yeah.
0: Let's dig in. Over Kai, we sat down to have some final reflections about our day.
1: Yeah, I think one of the difficult parts about Being in Māori that lives in an urban environment is just finding that balance between doing what you need to get done and making time for the things that's important for you.
0: Your time here in Ōtautahi is pretty busy. I wonder, does it ever feel
1: isolating? Sometimes, yeah. It's actually something I identified for myself quite recently while doing some inward journey stuff. I found I was missing a kinda in my life so I linked up with one of the seniors on my course and went and started studying with him which was awesome for me and you know, a bit of whānau time so linking in with some of the peers here at work and just teeing up going to their place for a dinner and just making time for my friends because you know, one of the cornerstones of being a Māori is tanga. so you always got to make time to look after those relationships and keep them strong I think because it's in that and in showing So That's one of the key ways I be Māori.
0: It's really challenging to be Māori away from home. It definitely was for me. But with support, young Māori can thrive in the city.
1: just comes back to connection again, eh? There's a quote from someone that's really cool, Um, but I forgot their name. Every young person needs someone that's just irrationally crazy about them. Like, there's just hard out on their side. And I think, you know, that's where, like, a lot of power comes from in that youth work sense. Supporting them, encouraging them, you know, acknowledging those little successes that they have. And just having more people in their life that can do that.
0: It's been pretty amazing to spend this time with Kiwa. He's come here to Aotearoa to educate himself because he's so passionate about young people. Even in the short amount of time that we spent with him, his bubbly personality was always apparent. Despite that, though, he has still identified feelings of isolation in the city. For our next episode, we're gonna head back to Wellington City.
2: Something about Wellington draws me in every single time.
0: There, we're going to go talk to two people who are not only urban in Māori, but urban in Takatapui.
2: Our people have always experimented or dived into our sexuality.
0: I'm going to ask them what kinds of connections did they make in the city that they might never have been able to make before. Hekaka Ho is written, researched, and hosted by me, Kahukutia, produced by Francis Morden. Melody Thomas is the editor and production and script consultant. The theme music Rito is composed and performed by Geneva Alexander Masters. Additional music by Mariti K, Electric Wire Hustle and Asia. Artwork by Huriana Kopeke Teaho. Mark Chesterman is the series engineer and Ursula Grace is the executive producer. Archival sound recording in this series is from the RNZ collection at Nā Tonga Sound and Vision and it's all made possible by the RNZ NZ On Air Innovation Fund.